0: the proceedings of this committee from different platforms. We are meeting this evening to consider in the main, uh, two uh, reports from two entities which relate to the APPs and the budget as part of our preparation for the budget votes. I will, without a waste of time, just uh, deal with the formalities. Uh, firstly, that for this meeting that's on the virtual platform, to proceed smoothly, would uh, need to observe the, the rules. One being that uh, for all members, including our guests, who are participating on this platform, your mics must remain muted until you are recognized to speak, as well as your video cameras be off. But once you are recognized by the chairperson of the meeting for you to speak, please do switch edge your video camera on, as well as unmute your mic. This will help uh, the viewers. Uh, to also follow who is uh, speaking. But given connectivity challenges, you'll please indicate if you are experiencing problems of unstable network and that to maximize your bandwidth, you may need to switch off your video camera. Uh, Please indicate that so that uh, we would know why your camera uh, is switched off. This would then also apply to people that may be taken out by the network, that they will still have to observe the rules. That as you rejoin the meeting, ensure that at all times your mic is muted, so that the background sounds do not uh, distract uh, uh, any speaker that would be on the platform at the time you join in in the meeting. If we observe all that, that will go a long way in having our meetings running smoothly. Um, honorable members, let's also observe this cases where we did put point of order. But, uh, but And this is happening as I explain the rules. So, so we'll start uh, uh, getting spit out. Honorable Kumbo, just make sure that your mic is muted. Honorable Kumbo, your mic must be muted. Um, Honorable Kumbo has got problems. uh, I would ask that uh, the administration would still have to assist us. Uh, in helping to mute uh, mics when people are not on the platform just for the meeting to run smoothly and that we can maximize the time that we have. So, so that's about that in terms of uh, the rules would have to uh, follow uh, members. Uh, Honourable Gumbu just distracted me a bit. Uh, I was just explaining that including in the point of orders, uh, you would have to stick to the rules. Uh, that you'll raise your hand, you will be recognized by the chair only at that point uh, that you'll proceed to raise any point of order that you'd want to raise, on our members. seems to have a problem with his mic, so he must be asked to be muted. So, as we are proceeding, um, Again, with formalities, it's just to get, uh, for purposes of record, uh, members that may have forwarded uh, apologies, including delegations uh, from entities and the department if there are apologies to be recorded for purposes of uh, this meeting. Otherwise, all of you are welcome to the meeting.
1: Hajira? Um, evening, Chairperson. Mr. McKenzie send an apology. Also on the chat, uh, Chair, uh, the Deputy Minister will be late to this meeting. Thank you.
2: Uh, t- t- Chairperson, Honourable I Bailey. I think
1: we've lost
0: that share. I'm here. I'm here. What I was saying, Honourable McKenzie.
3: And then Honourable the Minister Chair and the Deputy Minister indicated she will be late to the meeting. I do see that the Minister is on on our system now. Thank you, Chair. So, Minister,
0: Honourable
2: Mbele. Thank you, Chairperson. Uh, just for yes. the record, just for the record, to reflect that um, Honourable Fandams. Uh, um apology from the morning meeting uh would carry through as well um because i don't believe she's logged on to this meeting.
0: Thank you. Uh, apologies as i said uh, there would be those members who would have attended the house physically uh, and maybe connecting later Uh, But, uh, as I've been briefed, uh, we also welcome the Minister uh, on on the platform. Uh, Honourable Minister would have changed the program in the morning and brought some of the entities that were supposed to present this evening to the morning session, um, after we had uh, allowed SAPO to come back uh, tomorrow for a presentation. Uh, given matters that were still being sorted with the auditor channel. So we only have the two entities being BBI and uh, USASA in the main, uh, to be presenting before the committee. The approach we have taken uh, as it is usually the case would be uh, to allow the political head to just do a brief overview in introducing the entities to be presenting uh, this evening. Uh, thereafter, would give to the entities uh, 15 minutes each to present uh, on an understanding that honorable members would have received the presentations well on time and would have processed the information sent to them. And therefore, the presentation will be in the main to highlight uh, the key points that uh, each entity would want to lift up for purposes of uh, uh, the committee. Uh, that's that's where we are. Otherwise, uh, would uh, be giving to the minister if the minister is ready to uh, do the overview and then introduce the entities.
1: Thank you. Mr. Minister?
4: Yes, yes, Chairperson. Uh, thank you, Chairperson, and good um, evening to all honorable members, um, officials of the department and the entities, and all the observers and the invitees in the meeting. Chairperson, we come to the portfolio committee today or this time uh, to make a presentation on the APP's of USASA and Yousaf, and of course, of BBI. Just to highlight a few things, that um, as the, the, the Public Service Act indicates that the minister or the executive authority is responsible for strategic direction of the portfolio that he or she gets to be assigned to. And out of that strategic direction, we therefore identify critical priorities taking cue, of course, from that that government has identified that needs to be done as as, as the key priorities. As we move from that, of course, the minister or the executive authority therefore signs a performance agreement with the appointing authority and therefore the president in this context. Now, out of all those three processes, the last issue that the executive authority that according to the law is responsible for is that of ensuring that there's proper structure that will then uh, implement those strategic objectives that has been identified as he or she is responsible for strategic direction. And lastly, responsible again for budget, budget votes, which means as you put priorities Therefore, you are also responsible to ensure that if the Department of Treasury allocates 500 million to the department, the executive authority has to look into the priorities and say, this is how we are going to allocate or distribute the money based on the priorities. That's one thing I wanted to talk to. Therefore, as the department holds its strategic planning session together with its own entities taking cue from those things that I've spoken about, this follows to to, to, to the entities also. In this context, we have had workshops with the entities that are reporting today in order to take them through the performance agreement, the strategic uh, objectives as, 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 as identified. And in this context, they then take you from that, looking also at the mandate of the entity that has been given to them based on the law or any other proclamation that would have been made, either through by, through the president or on amendments by the executive authority that is responsible for the structure that must implement the, 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 the strategic objectives. We have therefore, as I said, made sure that these are aligned. That's the first thing I want to talk to. Uh, we've made sure that the APPs are aligned to those things that I spoke about as informed from the policy side in terms of the department. Of course, at the center of that, as we know that government priorities in relation to the work that has been done by USASA and therefore at the USAF level, is to ensure that we provide critical projects or we continue to deliver on critical projects, namely um, the popular digital migration that is on year 20 whatever now. Uh, as it has since started in 2008, up to date, as we're still talking about that. Therefore, the first tracking of that is also announced by the president in terms of putting the timelines to say we would have to have made sure that we really migrate uh, come 2022, March. At the center of that, again, is the utilization or proper utilization of the funds that are taken from YUSAF, and as government, we had taken a decision to say the funds that um, are, are put in use of other funds that are going to be ring-fenced and go towards uh, the project that I spoke about in digital migration, whilst the other funds are for the broadband rollout. And those are the critical things, of course, at the same I did talk to the governance matters in terms of ensuring that there's proper structure that gets to implement the work. They will get a, uh They will get into the details now of how are they going to do all of this, which is what we, we looked at. As I said, the second thing, uh, as I spoke of the, the of the structure again, one of the things that we did in relation to U.S.A. was to make sure that as we had um uh, last year requested cabinet to allow us to appoint an executive caretaker um, in order to make sure that we, we, we really focus on the repurposing of, 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 of USASA and USAF into the Digital Development Challenge Fund. And of course, out of that process, as I reported last time, that when we did not receive joy in terms of the work that was done, we therefore looked at the broader challenges that related to this. And hence, the need for us to say, there's a need to revisit review that decision and therefore go back to cabinet to say, there's a need for us to put extra people because as we're looking at repurposing in terms of the new structure that must be established, there's also the functions that belong to the old organization. And therefore you need many hands to look at that, especially on governance matters, because these are critical projects. And we are appointed an interim board, as, as I said, and the board has been inducted in terms of the priorities and what is expected of them currently the priorities and, and what 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 needs to go to the DDF, as I said. There's money, of course, that have been allocated, and I said, Chairperson they will get into that um, detail in terms of how much has been allocated to them, and it's gonna be spent on what, but within line uh, with what I spoke about in terms of their priorities. Chairperson, with your permission, if I were to move to BBI, uh, again, it's the same, the same process that I spoke about, and of course, we do understand that BBI is our infrastructure company, our technology company that is ensuring that we get people to be connected, amongst other things. And we have agreed, as the department or as government, that the SA Connect project that we are rolling out, BBI Centre and CETA, will be the key drivers, uh, as state-owned uh, entities, and this we do, of course taking into consideration the challenges that the state has in terms of capabilities, but because we had taken a commitment as government to say, we are going to try to work towards building a capable state and an entrepreneurial state in order to make sure that the state can compete or complement the work that is being done uh, by, 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 the, by, by the industry in ensuring that our people are, are connected. And again, on this one, their term of office, if I were to go to that, their term of office came to an end uh, on the end of March. We then extended as we are undergoing uh, certain processes towards the appointment of the new board. We This week, as we go to the other meetings, government meetings, we are looking forward to making sure that if it's approved, we we'll go ahead and appoint those that are there. Again, at the center, this is an agency by the rationalization that we spoke about uh, in terms of establishing um, the digital infrastructure company and BBI is one of those entities that is identified there. We have since established a joint operations forum between the two agencies in terms of BBI and Centec. We're in, we're looking at it, sitting with the department to say, as the time moves on after the, the development of the business case, what are the challenges and the urgent things that needs to be done? Because we have realized that the longer we wait for the quarterly reports as the law requires that we get reports quarterly, uh, we, we really discover that at times there are things that are overlapping or things that we would have managed to resolve, therefore be able to meet the targets that we're talking about should we had engaged on time has the establishment of the joint operations forum in all the entities that are affected by rationalization. chairperson once more, I would like to, with your permission, of course, as I de- did uh, clarify in terms of the processes that are there, I would like to hand over to the CEOs, whichever one you want to start with. If you're we starting with, uh, or whoever the board chairs are here, Uh, to to, to take us through the presentation. I emphasize, Sherpas, in the presence of the entities because this is operational work that we're here to report. In the previous meeting, we did uh, indicate uh, that the board as accounting authorities are taking responsibility for strategic leadership of the agencies as guided by the executive authority and monitor the performance of the agencies. So we said, therefore, as we draft the um, MOIs, it's imperative that they know that the the responsibility resides with them, which is why, again, as you look at cabinet and the other entities we're looking at reviewing the governance models in terms of the number of years that we appoint and we attach or assign uh, the performance assessment of members that are appointed to, to those governance structures to person with your permission, I would like to return back to yourself and you may identify the person that you want to call to make a presentation from the two agencies I spoke about. Thank you so
0: much. Thank you, uh, Minister, for the overview. Uh, honorable members would now give to the entities, as I said, uh, starting with BBI, uh, and thereafter, would take Sasa uh, USAF, and uh, without uh, a break in between uh, because it's just 15 minutes each and and therefore engage uh, thereafter so Bbi um of course would indicate if the board it's here it'd be led by the board and
1: and and you will indicate how we are approaching the presentation in the 15 minutes over to you Um,
5: Good evening, uh, Chair, uh, Minister, and uh, members of the committee. Uh, The Chairperson of the Board of BBI uh, is in the meeting. Um, So we, uh, Chairperson, you can do the introductions before I uh, start with the content of the presentation.
6: Okay, thank you. Chairperson, uh, without wasting
5: time, we are represented by the CEO and the C, the Chief Financial Officer who will do the presentation. The Minister has outlined uh, the objectives of the board and the board responsibility. And in line with that, correctly so, we are reporting
7: on operational matters, how many of our APPs we have met and the reasons as to why they were not met, those that have not been met.
5: So without further ado, the CEO must continue and do the presentation.
7: Over to you, Andrew.
1: Apologies, Chair. I
5: was struggling a bit to unmute myself. Um, The um, just to start off, then uh, the overview uh, of the uh, BBI corporate plan and the um, the APP and the budget uh, is that we. I scheduled two entity in terms of the PFMA. Um, we, uh, in terms of a plan uh, that we will talk to, that was made uh, several uh, in 2016, uh, we were supposed to raise capital from the markets using our balance sheet. Uh, that process. Uh, Uh, would have been preceded by the conversion of the shareholder loans into equity um, to enable us to be able to raise funding. Um, The process was uh, uh, only, uh, is only recently nearing completion uh, because of uh, a delay that happened uh, from the other shareholder in the company, the IDC, uh, but uh, we, we are almost done now, uh, just waiting the uh, formal authorization of the uh, shareholder loan conversion documents. Um, and uh, just to reflect that the last capitalization of uh, this entity uh, happened 10 years ago. Um, in terms of uh, the historical performance in the last couple of years, um, we, uh, it is as shown uh, on this slide. Um, if uh, one looks at the, um, the mix of uh, revenue, uh, and uh, it is important to note because uh, this is something Uh, that impacts the performance uh, of the company now, uh, and even when we have meshed with Centech. The first one being uh, what we call uh, anchor customers. That's the large uh, telecommunications operators that we service with uh, long-haul connectivity, Um, typically, Uh, they purchase um, connectivity at the level of uh, 10 gigabits per second and 100 gig Uh, as uh, you can see the that revenue is declining over time and the reason uh, it is declining over time is because of uh, the price dynamics of the market so in uh, Uh, Five years ago, uh, the price that uh, a large mobile network operator was paying rent per meg uh, is uh, about half of what it is now. So uh, it's not an indication of churn. It's an indication that the revenue that we make per customer uh, uh, declines over time uh, and uh, one needs to sell more uh, to get to uh, the revenue levels that you had before. But to sell more uh, requires uh, further investment in the infrastructure and the network, uh, which we have not been able to do uh, because of funding constraints. Then uh, the next one is uh, the market for. Um, the mobile network operators, uh, that is where uh, we are experiencing growth. And that is the market that we need to grow uh, into the future. Um, And uh, the other one is the top bar, uh, what we call national revenue. So uh, that is predominantly the ISP market, uh, internet service provider market. Uh, It is also another uh, growth uh, market for uh, for BI, um, which uh, we are looking at 116 million from 73 million the year before. Then, lastly, um, the revenue that we make from uh, SA Connect has also become significant part uh, part of uh, our revenue stream. Um, in terms of uh, the capacity in the uh, organisation, um, we have had a, a steady decline of uh, employees' numbers in the past two years. Um, and uh, because of uh, the pending merger with CENTEC, uh, we have a moratorium on uh, filling vacancies uh, on a permanent uh, basis. And uh, that has had some impact on the capacity in the organization. Um, Of late, uh, we have renewed our engagement with uh, uh, the ministry uh, on uh, being able to replace some of that capacity through fixed-term contracting. Um, This is just an overview of uh, the BBI network. Uh, both in terms of kilometers of fiber, as well as the number of points uh, points of presence uh, per, per province. Points of presence per province. Um, then uh, that's an indication of the number of SA Connect sites that have been uh, uh, connected uh, per province as well, uh, based on... Uh, uh, the SA connect phase one uh, A and B, as we call them, that have already been implemented. Um, in terms of uh, just a quick uh, overview, um, we uh, we we have uh, managed the uh, cost of sales. Um, we have uh, increased EBITDA uh, particularly, helped by the revenue from uh, uh, SA Connect. So uh, when we get to the financial details um, of uh, the company, you will notice that uh, um, at net profit level, uh, BBI makes a loss, but at EBITDA level, uh, which is operating profit, uh, the portion that is uh, within the control of management before we get to interest, uh, and uh, other financial charges um, that we, we have managed to keep the company uh, at uh, with a positive EBITDA so far. Um, and uh, the service availability, we also keep it above the level where uh, we contract with our customers. Um, in the interest of time, since we only have 15 minutes, I will skip the slides on... Uh, vision, mission, uh, take them as red, um, uh, as well as the uh, BBI value chain products and services. Um, we, on an annual basis, uh, do a SWOT analysis um, as part of the review of our strategy, um, and uh, we've done the same during the cycle uh, when we were preparing uh, for the 2022 uh, corporate plan and uh, APP. Um, the, so I will uh, go straight to the uh, the APP now for um, the 2021-22 financial year uh, and request that uh, the CFO uh, take us through this one, uh, and uh, I will handle the closing at the end. Uh, CFO Ian, uh, over to you, and uh, you will uh, tell me when to move to the next slide.
7: Thank you, will. Good evening, Honourable Chairperson, Honourable members, and colleagues. Um, I'll take you through the um, APP that has been defined and approved by the Executive um, Authority and the Accounting Authority. Um, From a revenue perspective, as the CEO said, I mean, um, we're going to target um, sustainability in this year, and therefore, you know, the target that we have set for the for the year on on revenue is 400 million rand. You'll see from a baseline of 160 million rand, that's um, quite a um, a robust target that we have set for ourselves. And I'll, and I'll touch more on the detail of that when we go into the financials. Um, Maybe I must also just uh, mention that uh, from my overall APP uh, there's not been a significant changes of though on our APP and, um, and those, um outputs and the KPI specifically as we go into our uh, strategic thinking um, and planning um for SDIC and the rationalization with with Centec. from a revenue perspective um. You see, our revenue growth on a baseline level was set for twelve percent for this year. Um, I can um, tell you now that we we didn't achieve that, um, not even close for for the financial year that has passed. So we're going to move from almost a zero to a thirty-six percent increase in revenue. And again, I will tell you how we go. You know how we're going to achieve that. From a debtors' days perspective, um, we're maintaining our debtors at 16 days, and it's been the same target. So it's more or less 45 days plus 15, um, which is our average target. From a gearing ratio, um, um, as the um, Honourable Minister also said, that we're, you know, um, at, at heart, we're an infrastructure company, and therefore we need to you know, invest in the network to enable us to meet our strategic targets which is the um, enablement and connectivity of underserviced areas and therefore there's a gearing ratio so that we you know are able to expand the network um, and then to maintain a cash balance of of um, 15 million rand on, on throughout the whole year on the next slide see thank you from an operating profit perspective, um, um, the target has been set specifically to exclude interest um, or to include interest um, as we are gearing ourselves to expand the network. And we are targeting to improve the, um, that. Maintain um, our SMME payments within 30 days. So it's, uh, you know, to enable our SMME partners um, to um, improve on their business. Uh, then, from an um, organizational enablement point of view, uh, and from a, a we targeting to um, implement and uh, finalize the strategic plan and get approval by key stakeholders um, during this year. So, you know, really driving that home um, towards the end of this financial year. Um, then, spending 1% of our salary bill on training and in improve our corporate governance by maintaining an unqualified external audit report, um, as we have done uh, through the last number of years. Um, next slide, C.E. From a network um, um, resilience point of view, um, we're going to try and maintain a seven and a half restore um, network faults. Um, and, and as you would have noticed, you know, that's becoming more and more difficult um, given the vandalism that we are currently experiencing on our network and therefore seven and a half hours is going to be a very um, tough target to meet, as you will also see from our uh, revenue target, uh, which is the gross revenue um, that we pay towards penalties where we do not meet the SLAs of specific customers. Because of these outages that we are experiencing, you see the baseline is at 0.7% and we want to halve that back to a target of 0.3% of our gross revenue that we will be paying in, in, in those penalties. And then from a um, ESSE Connect perspective, uh, we're going to maintain the 713 sites that we have connected uh, on, our, on our network and then also to, to keep them connected. And next slide, CE. Then from a SMME and socioeconomic transformation perspective, an area where we have been doing well over over recent years is that we're going to maintain um, and and increase the business that we um, allocate to SMME specifically in the telecommunications industry, where they do uh, um, a lot of new work for us from an installation perspective. And then from a discretionary spend, our target is to spend 70% of our discretionary spend on um board-based, ba- um economic-empowered companies, and BE companies. Um, and 40% of that will be spent on black-owned entities and 10% of that will be spent on black women-owned entities. Then from a BE level, we want to maintain a level four. There's been a, a great improvement from the last year to this year, from a level seven to a level four. We really want to maintain that, um, you know, Amidst our constraints that we have. Um, and then, from a connected schools perspective, we want to provide connectivity in, in, in um, discussions with the DCDT on in which schools, and it's going to be in partnership with them which schools we actually um, target during the next financial year or during this financial year. Um, the next slide, thank you. The next slide, this is just the sales strategy. See, I don't know if you wanted to present this. Otherwise, we can go into the um, finances and then we can um, um, deal with some of the details there.
5: I think you can just carry on as it rolls into the finan- the finance, uh, financial part. I think.
7: All right. So this is just, um, you know, as I said, the, the sales and the revenue target for, for this year is going to be a tough, and from a management perspective, Exco has deliberated many hours in getting and, and defining what exactly is our strategy going to be this year to meet uh, that revenue target. Um, and, and I'm not going to go into too much detail. I think it, it is part of the pack and then, um, but this is how we're going to to do it. Um, and the next slide, C.E. I'm from. A, um, I'm going to go into the details now. The finances. Um, I'll try and um, try and keep to the to the time. I see we're running a bit slow, um, but I think it's important that we go through through these. Um, and perhaps I must just start with the high-level assumptions that we have made. See if you just click on the assumptions um, at the top right-hand side. Uh, just on a, on a high level because it's important that, you know, it sets the base for for the budget that we have used. I'm not going to spend too much time on it from a cost of sales just to say that the costs are included at um, contract values and the same with the expenditure. Um, um, it's important to note um, that this will be the second year, um, you know, in line with the... Uh, um, um, the sentiments of the Minister of Finance that we will not be um, giving any uh, salary increases to BBI employees, um, nor will there be any performance bonus um, provisions. Um, and then from an employee perspective, as the CEO mentioned earlier on, um, our headcount is increasing um, by um, around about uh, 30 people. And and that's in the assumption that we have made that there will be some leniency in the moratorium that we are currently um, operating under. We will be able to employ fixed-term contractors, which um, is considerably less than uh, more expensive, where we um, actually at the moment insource critical positions, and that's more expensive than on a fixed-term contractor basis. And the next slide, C.E. Um, See so if you just go back to assumptions and then um, there's two slides there. And then just start. Just, yeah, thank you. Um, uh, from a, a shareholder support perspective, um, I think if you, if you refer back to the first slide that the CEO presented and, 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 f- and from an inception almost, um, there was no recapitalization of BBI and, and quite recently with the approval of the shoulder loans that we are busy converting into equity, um, thereby, you know, really strengthening the balance sheet of BBI, which we are very positive would enable us to, you know, to raise funds and to expand the network, um, which is critical for us from a sustainability point of view, uh, to enable us to roll out and expand our network into the underserviced areas. Um, a part of our corporate plan was that we included a um, support from the shoulders to the value of around 100 million rand, which will really be used towards capital expansion, uh, to specifically on customer and um, projects. And um, then further to that, you know, critical uh, to our sustainability. Um, um, if I just go through them quickly, is the conversion of the shoulders loans, which we are, we said is we really currently busy and and in fact. At year-end, we're now showing that um, as being converted, the substance takes over form, so um, it's deemed to be um, as if it was converted already. Um, Then, as I said, share the support through the raising of funds and then also the the provision of some additional equity. Then, uh, obviously, our mandate is to expand our network and to connect underserviced areas, and and there ESE Connect plays a critical role. And I think as, as members are aware, Um, We we dubbed it Phase 1C because we've done Phase 1A and 1B and it's really to expand um, the network by an additional almost 400 sites during this financial year. Um, The moratorium I've spoken about and then obviously we've um, already resolved a big part of the OEM and other state-owned entities or rear amounts that we we have on our, our books. So if we go back to the balance sheet now, then I can. Thank you. So just on a high level, so from a from a infrastructure point of view, property, plant, and equipment, and um, we are see if you can click on the capex part. There, we are, are planning to expand our network by roughly 730 million rand um, during the the next financial year, and and most of those, uh, a big part of that will be spent on on Asia Connect, which is part of our, our business plan, and then also to generate revenue, um, uh, f- uh, spending capex on. Um, infrastructure that will enable us to improve on our revenue, and, and that's obviously important, as I said earlier on. If, if we go um, back, see, I'm not going into a lot of details here, but if, if these questions, I, I, I can talk to the to the detail. Um, having uh, having enabled those um, and opened those doors on capital expenditure, obviously, then you know the revenue target will will be met. Um, we have seen over the last. Um, eight months or nine months of so, especially to the, to the, after the initial uh, scare of being in lockdown and um, calmed down, that there's been a real uptake on capacity um, on the networks, especially from mobile operators. And we believe there's a real opportunity for BBI to play in that field where we can make available proactively um, and, and capacity on our network that we will be able to sell those um, quite quickly. Um, from a trade receivables perspective, obviously that increases because the revenue increases and we, as I said, I mean, we maintain a, a positive cash balance throughout the year. From an equity point of view, as I said, you know, with the conversion of shareholders loans now being share capital, there's a clear shift in our balance sheet um, from a strengthening point of view where we now have a net asset pos- um, position and no longer technically insolvent, which will go a long way to um, um, improving on the, the Going concern issues that we have had over the last um, number of years, and then obviously from a debt perspective, um, see if you can if you just click on the on the funding side. Let me just quickly touch on on that. Uh, from a funding perspective, we are, are looking at raising more or less four hundred and sixty million rand in in um, debt funding throughout the year to 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 fund the seven hundred and thirty million rand in. Um, Capex that we we plan to spend on on various aspects. So, and you know, on on strengthening the network, protecting existing customers, and also expanding so to to generate new revenue. And there's a detailed funding plan, part of our corporate plan, as to where and what funding we will require. You know, to improve on our network and where we will be spending that. If you go back to the balance sheet, just back see. Uh, And and those sort of things are also on on the face of the balance sheet. If we go to the next slide, see from a profitability point of view. So, as I said, from a revenue side, um, you will see that um, there's there's a figure there of 94% increase in revenue, which is not 100% correct. You'll see um, as part of our assumptions around SA Connect Phase 1C, we've included a grant um, towards the capital expenditure that we will be incurring of 270 million rand. And And that's an important assumption that was made that it will um, come from the presidential fund, um, also remembering that you know we did the plan in January and, and time of passed now, but at the point when we did the plans, you know that was the thinking that from a, f- a phase one C perspective, the initial grant will come and to cover the capEx and we will not have to go to the open market to raise funds to to um, to spend that money on the capex to expand the network. Um, if if we take that out, the revenue increases by the 36%, which is in our APP as a target for, our, for ourselves. I'm not going to go through the detail of the revenue. There's a slide on that, and I think it was part of the pack. Um, uh, but to say that, you know, um, if we spend and we plan, you know, the detail sales strategy that we have formulated and we implement that together with the expansion of the network and the proactiveness <clears throat> in creating additional capacity we are very positive that we'll be able to meet the robust revenue target that we have set ourselves um, for this financial year. From a cost perspective, um, as you all know, BBI has always been very good in in managing our costs. And each year, we you know our cost base and um, is is shrinking almost um, to the extent we you know we're really now at, at rock bottom. So you will see there is some cost increases on a year-on-year basis, both from a cost of sales and from an operating cost perspective. But that's really around maintenance and expanding our network where we lease in additional fibers um, to to enable us to expand the network. Then obviously there's finance charges and that'll bring us to a total expected um, profit in this instance of 179. But, you know, being a conservative accountant, we need to add back the 272 million as a grant. So we more or less predicting that we're going to trade again around a loss of, of eighty million rand, uh, but then obviously steadily improving the revenues so that we in, in three years' time will be very profitable. And as the CEO said, we are trading profitable from an operating cash perspective, and which is indic- indicative of the EBITDA number that you see on the on the screen. Um, and the next slide, see, um, just from a cash flow perspective. <coughs> excuse me. Um, you'll see that you know as I said we will be training um, cash positive throughout the year um, and remaining cash positive at the end of each each financial year in the next inter um, period. And then in the next slide see I think that's the end of of the financial presentation. so I'll hand back to the back to the CEO. Thank you very much. Uh,
5: thank you, Ian. Um, as to close, uh, chair, we also, uh, have listed the, um, our strategic risk register uh, together with the um, mitigating steps uh, that uh, we are taking to address those risks. I think uh, compared to the previous financial year, uh, we have the issue of COVID uh, as um, one of the new risks um, and uh, we have taken steps uh, to address that risk, um, including the process of uh, having a regime for working from home, uh, so that we minimize the level of interaction between uh, uh, our employees and other people. Um, and uh, uh, we'll take that as a right. so check. um due to time constraints. I think uh, in closing the the, the merger uh, with CENTEC is also one of the key activities that we are jointly working uh, together with CENTEC, uh, as well as the ministry. Uh, the minister did indicate that uh, a joint uh, oversight uh, committee has been formed, um, which uh, will manage the uh, strategic, at a strategic level, uh, progress on the merger. But at an operational uh, level uh, in the financial year that has just passed, um, the two entities uh, worked with an external consultant uh, to develop the corporate strategy of the merged entity. And uh, we will now, uh, in this financial year, be moving towards uh, uh, the detail of that strategy uh, so that we can prepare it for uh, operational uh, level implementation uh, when the measure does happen. Um, the, that's just an overview as part of uh, that strategy, uh, the kind of services that uh, the two entities foresee the combined entity providing uh, and that ranges from uh, a combination of what bbi and Centec currently provide uh, as well as uh, new offerings uh, that are enabled by uh, combining the infrastructure and capacity of the two entities um, that is the end of the uh, bbi presentation um i hand back uh, to you chair uh, for the next part
1: of the uh, process thank you well, thank you um of of course we have taken what i
0: expected um, may i then invite you to make the presentation
3: Um, Good evening, Minister, Chairperson of the Committee and Honourable Members. I am uh, Mapuling Moropa, Interim Member of the USASA uh, Board. I will be doing the introduction of the team this evening. Um, As you all know that uh, USASA's mandate is to provide universal access and service. And in fulfilling that mandate, our focus has always been in implementing BDM, the Broadcasting Digital Migration Project, and rolling out connectivity in strategic areas through the broadband project. The interim board was appointed by the minister in February of 2021. And since then, the minister has has made it very clear that our drive would be to assist the organization in implementing the APP for 2021-22, as well as in the immediate filling the critical uh, vacancies um, at the moment. And the minister has given us approval to um, fill in those critical uh, vacancies. So I'm happy to say that the process is underway and we are looking forward to finding and testing candidates who will be able to be the right fit for the organization. The emphasis has been in collaborating with other entities and leveraging on each other's strength. USASA has partnered with CENTEC who will assist with the rollout of BDM phase one, more specifically. Um, CETA will also be assisting in appointing suitable service providers to roll out broadband. As you know and as mentioned in the uh, previous session earlier today, USASA will be uh, dissolved and converted to a fund, DDF, and the timelines we're looking for that is uh, March or the deadline is, is we're looking at is March 2023. I will, our presentation is split into two as always, uh, USASA being the administrative component and then Usaf being the operational part, which speaks to key strategic projects. I will then now hand over to our CEO, acting CEO, Mrs. Matigizela and CFO, Mr. Nieman, to do the presentation for us. Thank you.
8: Um, thank you. Thank you, Mrs. Maropa. Good evening, chairperson of PC. Um, Honourable members of uh, portfolio committee, um, Honourable Minister and Deputy Minister, um, ADG and all the chairpersons of the uh, board. Uh, my name is Tweta Matigizela. I will be taking you through uh, USASA's performance um, or APP rather, uh, including uh, USAF. The CFO will talk to the budget components of both entities.
1: In the interest of time, we'll be talking to the APP. PC comfort in terms of what the organization has been able to
8: achieve, and also give comfort that we are on track in terms of um, our quarterly performance and tracking day off. Um, If you can go to slide number five, Mary Ann. um, for Usasa, I'll start with Usasa. Uh, for Usasa, we have one uh, outcome for this annual performance plan, um, but that outcome is accompanied by six uh, targets. The first target is the inter- integrated plan um, against uh, on gender-based violence. Um, followed by the broad uh, approval stakeholder uh, engagements. And then we will look at the um, uh, enterprise maturity levels, uh, followed by the 100% payment of valid invoice, the reduction of wasteful and fruitless expenditure by 20% at the end, and the reduction of irregular expenditure um, accumulatively at 15%. And how we aim to achieve that um, is that we are going to, for the strategic, uh, for the gender-based violence target. We've already instituted a committee that looks um, into the national importance uh, of of this measure. Uh, we are already aligning uh, with other ministry in terms of leveraging what we could do, uh, collaborate with them as well. And that committee basically would look inside outward, and also, as I mentioned, the collaboration point or collaboration key uh, activities, which are important. For the stakeholder engagements, we know that the work that we do is on the ground and uh, part of our key um, um, stakeholders is the municipalities, the provincial structures as they were. And uh, the work that we are doing there is
1: um, together with the, the CDT and of the the groundwork that needs to happen
8: um, because unfortunately for us or fortunately for the mandate of the organization, um, our touch point and really the impact is seen on the ground to the beneficiaries. So that then becomes key for us to align with the provincial structures and also get buy-in from them so that they can carry out the mandate and become our foot soldiers and um, also carry out the mandate of USASA. Um, along with this, we've had, we've um, we've we've employed about thirty-seven youth um, that will work closely with the, with the with the with the municipal structures in order for us to deliver the key uh, projects that USASA has. When it comes to risk, oh, uh, pre- uh, previously in the organisation, um, the culture of risk was not really inculcated. And what we are trying to do with this measure in this APP is ensuring that the risk culture is reintroduced in the organization. We'll embark on the massive training for staff so that they move away from looking at risk um, and looking at audit as police, but uh, look at them as collaborators in their individual work streams and in their their day-to-day work as assurance providers, and also, uh, people that will highlight red flags that are going to come on the way. Next slide, Marianne. And then in terms of the valid, we've changed how we're looking at the valid invoices. Um, and this measure will only look at the invoices that are ready to be paid, the invoices that we have assured as, as valid, so the work is done, um, There is supporting uh, auditable trail of evidence that it is indeed done. So this uh, payment of invoices um, under 30 days. You would know previously that this was one of the measures that we really, really struggled to to achieve. So putting these things in place or changing how we look at invalid invoices will assist the organization in in closing that gap. When you're looking at uh, um, this is really an incremental base, and looking at closing all the loopholes structurally and from a process-wise that exists in the organization. Um, If you're looking at uh, irregular expenditure, let's also talk to process. If we bring out processes back in the organization, we would be able to achieve this. Um, I will then hand over to uh, CFO to talk to the budget of this, or must I, okay, so I'll do USAS, USAF, and then CFO, you can then uh, handle both the USASA and the USAF budget. So on the USAF budget, on the USAF APP, I will not go into our, um, I will not go into the, uh, the vision and the mission of the organization, I think it's clear, however, we need to make sure, um, I will pack here a little bit, because this, these programs under UCEF are programs of national importance. One, it is to broadcast the outcomes, it is to broadcast and digital uh, uh, services or depletion of stock of the set of boxes that were bought many years ago to qualifying households. This year we've tamed the target at 810,000 set of boxes to be uh, to be installed in the four priority provinces. The priority provinces would be Free State, Northern Cape, Northwest, Limpopo. And these provinces were pre-selected because the work on the ground had already started before the program was put in the hold and put on hold in the previous dispensation. Um, what is what is of noting here is that we've aligned this target, this APP target, with CENTEC because we've appointed them. As our PMO and our delivering partner, we continue to work with SAPO uh, as, as a distribution uh, a component, still sits with them. And really, the, the, the aim for this is to make sure that we close, we finish this target, or we finish the installation of all the boxes in these uh, 2021 in September. And one of the key things that we've done as a program, as I said, that I will talk to the APP and what we've done so far to give assurance of the work that's been done. We have now opened all the provinces in terms of stakeholder engagements. Uh, As we know, and we've reported in in the past that uh, we unfortunately cannot go into a province without uh, DCDT conducting some up, uh, stakeholder engagement. Now, what this will enable to us to do is to run a parallel process that will then make sure that the run rate, um, as we know it, is now escalated. The run rate, um, um, including the, in, um, the, the localization component, Plays a key role, so the run rate will then uh, take a key lead in this. Once we've all uh, opened all the provinces, the the, uh, lo- um, the localization component still plays a key role, and we strive for that. Um, and 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 as I said, that now we share this target as context, so that means that both entities share the same target, and it 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 it, it gets elevated to the proper structures. And then on the second outcome, we are looking at broadband and um, the, 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 the province that has been targeted is Northern Cape. And uh, we're targeting two municipalities in the Northern Cape to roll out uh, broadband in 280 sites. We've since um, um, spoken to uh, or having engagement with CETA. To leverage on what they've done in the province. However, we have not. We are not um, blind to the fact that BBI has done extensive work um, in terms of rolling out infrastructure, laying out the broad, um, the backbone of the infrastructure. We have, as the agency, uh, revised our model. We are no longer building infrastructure, but we are procuring services of connectivity. So now both entities will play a role, and that's why both entities have been engaged to see how fast or which one we could leverage at the speed of lightning because we, though our APP allows this whole quarter to do the engagements, but we want to actually commit to a signed contract with one of the entities or the state-owned entities before the end of the quarter. And that is the work we already have achieved the list of the 280 sites. Um, uh, the, The Department of Basic Education is on board with the sites. Uh, They're currently verifying some of the sites, which uh, they have now uh, identified as key sites that they had already uh, preambled to do some work. We're also uh, working closely with the Department of Health to close the gaps and close any possibilities of any duplications that will happen on the ground because we want people to really benefit of of, of the service. Then the third outcome on the USAF is also to uh, To close out um, the invalid invoices um, and r- reduce the wasteful expenditure and uh, and irregular expenditure. Part of the work that we've been reporting is the 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 the, the employees that were suspended, and um, what we are doing there is really to touch on. Uh, uh, we've approved the, 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 the terms of reference for um, a forensic investigator to, to look into the matters of broadband and BDM as they were. And that will help in reducing the wasteful and a, irregular expenditure that has happened under USAF. Um, and the, 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 the processions of the, 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 the disciplinary hearings um, are underway. a a, a state attorney was appointed to look into the matters of the staff that was uh, put on precautionary disciplinary hearing and that process is underway. We are aiming at closing it as soon as possible because it does have crippling effects to the organization because those, um, as we said, that they were put in under precautionary uh, uh, suspension, which means they get paid, which means the organization cannot fill those gaps and it is seven of them but the agency is working very close with the the, uh, appointed uh, state attorney to close the gaps that exist there in order for those to be then formally charged and then the process can be underway. Okay, so I will then, uh, I think I've spoken to the mitigations on what we're doing. Um, I think uh, CFO, you can then come in here To talk about the budget for both uh, USASA
1: and USAF. Thank you, Chair.
6: Thank you, CEO, and uh, good evening to uh, Chairperson and members of the Portfolio Committee. Uh, Good evening, Minister. Good evening, members of the USASA board, uh, acting DG from the department, colleagues department, uh, my colleagues from the SOEs and also from USASA. All a good evening. Chairperson, uh, my presentation will be very brief uh, because I'll be talking to two slides only, uh, starting with the USASA one. Uh, on the USASA one, uh, I-, I want to indicate that uh, uh, for the 2021 financial year, we have um, uh, we have a budget of 265 million, uh, which was then divided into compensation of employees and goods and services. Uh, on the compensation of employees, as you can see, there's a 58.1 million rand uh, and goods and services, 207 million rand. Now, like all the other entities, uh, we were not spared. Uh, National Treasury uh, has uh, implemented some baseline reductions on the budget. Uh, for an example, on the uh, compensation of employees, uh, they have cut. Um, uh to actually uh, reduce the, the 58 to a 54 million rent. Uh, then on the goods and services, um, uh, the 207 looks like a lot of funds, but I must also indicate that included in the 207 million uh, is 178, that was uh, earmarked uh, for SAPO, uh, for the distribution of the voucher system uh, of the phase two. Uh, and then if you look at 21, 22 financial year, um, we have, received a budget cut of about 33% uh, from 2021 uh, to 2122. Um, and um, if you look at the, the total budget, 177 million, uh, it was divided into compensation of employees and goods and services. Uh, on the 62 million, uh, you can see there is an increase of, of about 4 million rand. And that was due to the uh, appointment of the district coordinators. So we have made provision uh, for that in the 2021-22 financial year. Uh, so that uh, we ensure that the, the BDM rollout uh, takes place by uh, by the current financial year. Uh, the $114 million that you see there, uh, it also includes $95 million, uh, that was earmarked for Seppur, um, which leaves uh, USASA uh, only with an operational budget uh, of about $19 million. Um, uh, And even if you look at the the goods and services budget for USASA from 2021 to 2021-22, uh, there's also a, a budget reduction of 33%. Uh, and I'm talking about the goods and services budget that was allocated to, to USASA. Uh, on the LTES years, 22, 23, 23, 24, uh, you'll see that there is a major reduction in the budget. Uh, and that is mainly because uh, the, the BDM project uh, is uh, supposed to be rolled out by the 21, 22 financial year. Uh, and you don't have that uh, SETO budget in 22, 23 and 23, 24. Um, if I can go to the next slide for Yusuf. Thank you, Miriam. Uh, Cheperson, on, on, on the Yusuf one, uh, it looks somewhat different from, from the previous slide. Uh, just to say that uh, on the total revenue, uh, we, we received 741 uh, million rand for, for Yusuf. Uh, And if I can then give you a breakdown of of that budget, Uh, on the BDM project, we had um, uh, 578 million rand uh, before the budget cut of 78.3. And then we have uh, broadband, 158.9 million. uh, And then there is that admin of uh, uh, 1.1, sorry, 4.1 million, uh, which is meant for uh, the administrative cost of Yusuf. Uh, and that's basically your, your um, order the general uh, and bank costs and so forth. On the 21-22 financial year, uh, there is quite a steep increase uh, increase in the, uh, in the transfers received from the department. As you can see, Jefferson, uh, it has gone up to 1.1 billion. Uh, and that is because the bulk of the, the rollout of the voucher system uh, is uh, to take place in the 21-22 financial year. Uh, and, and that is the reason for the steep increase uh, in the budget. Um, so the so the breakdown of the of the budget of 1.1 billion um, is um, uh, on the BDM. We have 1 billion and 73 million uh, and on the broadband uh, 61.1 million uh, And then on the admin fees, as you can see, there's a 3 million uh, on the altars 22, 23, 23, 24, uh, you'll see a very steep decrease. Again, simply budget for BDM uh, is no longer in 22 23 23 24 uh, but just a very small budget um uh, for bdm uh opposed to the 21 22 financial year uh thank you Chairperson. i'm i'm going to hand back to my ceo thanks very much
8: thank you frick uh, thank you there's this one component i left out to mention and because cfo has mentioned it it is this the phase two bdm program which then says or talks to us about the distribution of the electronic voucher to 3.2 million households. Due to the budget constraints that CFO has now mentioned, we are targeting 2.2 million uh, households, and um, that process is also underway. We are aiming at going out to market uh, this coming Friday which then means that according to the APP and our um, quarterly APP, we are on track in terms of what we need to do um, there. And also talks to the constitution of the panel of service providers. We know that now um, USASA will not be able to put together a panel of service provider, but will play a key role in ensuring that the devices are available on market. And that is um, the work that has been underway. We've had previous engagements with the industry uh, led by DCDT and ADG, and therefore we leverage really on the work that ADG and her team has done there. Um, Chairperson,
1: we are done as you, Sasa and Yousaf. Thank you very much. Thank you. Honorable members, uh,
0: those are the presentations um, as you would have been listening. Uh, I will now recognize members who want to speak. Um, Honorable Faku, I, I see your hand. Uh, may I just note other members?
1: Followed by Honorable Mbele.
0: Um not see any other end you would help. In the meantime, uh, I would allow the first two to proceed, uh, starting with recognizing Honorable Fargo to speak at this point, uh, followed by Honorable Mbele. Honorable Kubeka, will come last uh, in that order. Honorable Fargo. Thank
9: you, Honorable Chairperson. Greetings to yourself, uh, to Minister and Deputy Minister and the team. Uh, Chair, I think let us appreciate both presentations from uh, BPI and USASA and yourself, and also the opening remarks from the Minister. (coughs) Sorry, Chair. Um, First, Chair, I think one of the things that we need to appreciate is that uh, the presentation from BPI, as we know that they are one of... The best, some of, one of the best performing entities that we have. Just on the issue they have raised about the the the, the money they need from the, the department, and I think Minister has approved that. If they can tell us more, what are these funds meant for? Um, and also Chair, want to propose that I think that you know we have an experience that when people request money to for for from the shareholder, at times they don't want to cooperate. But chair, and then and there's the question of uh, there's the merger between them and Sentec I just want to understand um, how far is the process currently? Because I hear that there's some oversight. Um, we just need to have timeframes with regards to the chairperson. And then when it comes to yourself and yourself, chair. I'm happy that the minister is here. We've been raising our concerns with regards to the vacant positions, plan uh, f- to fill up these vacant positions if we can be given time frames of that. We've had people that have been acting in these positions and sometimes, um, and I, I, I feel sometimes it's unful, unfair for us to allow this to happen for quite some time. Um, the other issue, when it comes to you, Sasa and Youssef, uh, there's been a, a problem when it comes to um, your supply chain management in terms of your capacity building when it comes to. That, do you have the necessary capacity for that unit? Because if that unit is not currently performing, uh, we know that um, <clears throat> Mr. Fred Niemann is coming from the department. Uh, in the department, he was doing quite a good job. I'm not saying he's not going doing a good job here. I, I want to believe that he can do a better job. But if he's given the necessary human capital to assist him to deliver, for some of the challenges that we had, especially with the set of boxes and other things, uh, we're not able to move, even including the IDTVs, because there were challenges within the supply chain management unit. Um, one would want to understand what is the plan of the department in USASA. I see now that we have people that are currently in to assist um, Ms. Madikizela. One hopes only that really you can turn around strategy, you have all of our support. But one of the things perhaps that we've done as a committee is to have a metrics or a tool where we're going to measure some of the the issues that are outstanding with the department. So it is important that especially you need to also um, make sure that your internal controls Especially when it comes to internal audit, you strengthen that part so that you, you even change the current situation that,
1: uh, that USASA is in. Thank you very much. Thank you, Honorable Fagu. I now recognize uh, Honorable
0: Mbele. <laughs>
2: Uh, thank you, uh, chairperson, um, and good evening um, to everyone on the platform. Um, I just have, let me see here. Um, okay, uh, so my my first sets of questions are for are for BBI, um, and. Let me apologise up front If if the answer to this question is is contained in the in the corporate plan and therefore easily answered, um, I haven't had time to to work through all the material um, in detail. Um, but it it relates to uh, a point on slide twenty four, uh, where there is the mention of the two hundred eighty six million uh, rand debt funding. Uh, which comprises uh, 62% of the funding mixture. Uh, just to ask from where uh, will will that sum be sought? Um, are we talking commercial banks? I'm just trying to get a, a clearer understanding of, of what that debt funding uh, refers to as opposed to the other slices um, in that funding pie. Um And then uh, my second question, uh, which I would like to direct uh, both to to BBI, um, as well as uh, to the minister, uh, because I think she can give voice to the strategic um, outlook um, on an executive level, is that uh, given the the stated funding uh, challenges, um, and and seemingly this this increasing competition um, in the space, as was outlined in in the identified threats box on on, on slide ten of the SWOT analysis, uh, is there any scope for taking what you might call a, a consortium approach uh, to fulfilling the 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 mandates around wholesale and long distance uh, connectivity provision, uh, by which I, I basically mean the, the onboarding of uh, private sector equity partners, uh, especially as parts of the transition to the model of, of what's been called the state ICT infrastructure company. Um, I think uh, when there is that transition, it's the best opportunity to, um, uh, to, to shape it from the start in a way that that would uh, do that. Because we know there's already ongoing talk about uh, leveraging private sector equity partners in relation to uh, SAA and uh, ESCOM, uh, for example. Uh, So I'm just wondering if there isn't an opportunity in this space uh, to harness uh, additional resources and value in that way. Uh, by seeking out and consolidating uh, uh, sort of structured uh, public-private partnerships, um, which then speaks to the the issue of funding um, as well as uh, uh, the competition uh, that exists uh, where people aren't doing their own thing on the side, Maybe we can pull together and uh, synergize um, for that. Um, And then my question, turning to uh, Yusasa Yousaf, uh, it's it's just one high-level question uh, because I'm still struggling to capture uh, this sort of framework clearly in my understanding Uh, in terms of the BDM projects. um, And I'm sure this has been outlined and explained before. My apologies, again, for making you rehash... um, uh, ground you've covered before, but what exactly is the division of labor and responsibility between the departments, uh, USASA and CENTIC in the rollouts and implementation of, of the broadcast digital migration? Um, and and how do the roles played by each of those entities link and flow together? Because I'm realizing that's uh, with the backdrop of this morning's meeting, uh, I might have a sort of misunderstanding or misalignment as, as to who should be asked which particular questions in relation to aspects of that process. So if I can just get a sort of uh, coherence and sort of clear outline of how the whole picture fits together, uh, who's who in the zoo in relation to, to what roles uh, should be played or tasks implemented. Uh, Thanks, Chair, that's all from me.
0: Thank you, Honorable Mbele. And I'll recognize uh, Honorable uh, Kubeka. Uh,
10: Good evening, Chair. Evening to the Minister, Deputy Minister, and the team that comes from the side of the Minister and the Deputy Minister, also on the side of the uh, BBI, and 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 yusasa and yusaf as they are the sisterly uh, department on the side of of our uh, department uh, let me also maybe join the team by acknowledging and appreciating the presentations that we have received uh, this evening chair chair uh, let me start maybe by the bbi to say i do appreciate because i can see on their presentations especially on the issue of the apps as it's themselves that they are putting those apps that they wanted to achieve and i hope that indeed for this financial year uh, the movement uh, will be there Uh, i'm happy because i can also Understand that, especially on their outcomes, as uh, uh, outcome one and outcome uh, five. I appreciate it because I can see that, at least on the side of service delivery and the support, it is there, as you can see, on those uh, social economic uh, 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 supporting SMMEs and the. Uh, a uh, uh, triple BEE. I would like to say, let them continue focusing on that, not leaving it, because indeed, we wanted to see at least a role that they would play when coming to the site of, 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 of service delivery. And also, let them not forget to say, these are the entities that we are saying, especially on the side of the uh, 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 economic recovery plan they can do at least something in order to push on the side of, 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 of service delivery. I appreciate because I can see on their sides of their risk. Also, they've managed to have a, a mitigation to know that how best they can resolve those challenges that they will encounter on their side. So let them keep on doing like that Uh, Also, let me thank on the side of the shareholder because they are saying now positive results and positive response is there as they've managed uh, uh, to to, to be allocated that uh, uh, 100 million. I hope uh, as we want the issue of uh, 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 rolling out uh, 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 of those projects, I think it will be much more easier because there will be no issue to say. There is a frustration somewhere, somehow. And I'll appreciate because I can see that uh, 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 now BBI, CENTEC, uh, and also CETA, they are hand-in-hand in, hand in order to, up, uh, to, to to push
1: on the issue of the uh, uh, connectivity size that they need to I will appreciate it very much uh, uh, to say let
10: them keep on uh, 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 just doing like that and then we will hear and having a feedback in that amount as they are presenting the issue of that uh, uh, 100 million that comes from the side of the of the shareholder. Uh, let me come also on the side of USASA and USAF. I can see That also, for this financial year, I hope definitely, indeed, when coming to the side of yourself, the story of STBs, I hope now, Naganja, finally, we will try to push to say, come 2022, we don't want to hear any other story. But I can see they are saying, as they are trying to check themselves with this quarterly month. At least they are still in line in order to push whatever APPs or targets that they have putting for themselves there. So I hope that indeed the side of the DTT and the DTH, indeed we want to see in this financial year, something needs to be done, needs to come with positive results in order that we can manage indeed for for, for 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 next financial year to see ourselves switching off from analog to to, to digital. Uh, let me appreciate because they are noted the issue of saying also they want to be uh, uh, on time on the issue of 30 days uh, uh, payments on the side of the invoices they are trying to push uh, uh, in a harder way. And also they want to reduce, uh, but by, 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 by how much as they have tried to put those percentages, we will try just to make a follow up on the issue of the wasteful and fruitless and also on the irregular expenditure. I would appreciate to say we will be the eyes Uh, when we are moving in these other quotas just to see that indeed are you honoring your promises as you are presenting to us uh, 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 today so chair can i just say uh, indeed we will try by all means to 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 say on the side of the minister indeed the issue of those uh, vacancies uh, minister people who are keep on keep on acting uh, it's not nice but uh, it, when they are trying to work uh, 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 in a harder way in order that they can achieve uh, positive results on those uh, entities uh, also i'm having a question on the side of the minister because I've heard that uh, they have a, uh, she has appointed a board but it seems as if it's an interim. It's not a a board for uh, 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 these years that we do understand. uh, We will say uh, the board is there uh, in in, in a way that you know that uh, if you are appointing, they need to be there for how long. So can I just get a clarity to say for how long this interim, they will be here or it's just for the sake uh, of assisting on that side of USASA and USAF in order that they can push uh, their mandates as, as they have uh, also uh, uh, the timeframes that they have uh, uh, put it for themselves there. So can I just get the clarity there to say, it's gonna be for how long uh, this board uh, uh, as you have appointed it in order to assist them. And I, pre- I appreciate on that side, as we are raising to say, If uh, uh, you are having a a, a challenge on the side of the supply chain, take note that indeed, finally, you can't come or write 100%. It's gonna be a challenge. So I hope that uh, uh, there, uh, at least the minister and the team also, you can just uh, uh, play a role in order that finally uh, the, 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 the entities, must just close those gaps because indeed, it, that is the key positions that uh, need to push uh, those
1: entities in order to, to, to move forward. I I thank you, Chair. Thank you, Honorable
0: uh, I'm sure there would be responses uh, that would come. But I just thought for purposes of using time maximally that uh, maybe I just need to lift up some of the questions so that uh, the response would also be comprehensive uh, and we'll assess from that point if there's another opportunity of asking questions or allow members to do so. Just on BBI, uh, I think there's a point there that you may need to Clarify, on the 100 million, this is what is expected, so necessarily not a conversion of a loan to equity, but more of what a shareholder investment would be going forward. And as you clarify that, also clarify the point, about just the forms that uh, are to be signed off, uh, otherwise there's progress made. Whether you are referring to the 100 million that you are trying to source from the shareholder, or this is about uh, the loan that has been an issue for some time, which needs to be uh, converted from a loan to. To equity in a way that boosts your, your 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 financial viability and and your balance sheet as you raise money with uh, uh, other possible investors uh, as you would have identified uh, partnerships. So I'm saying clarify that point because the slide on the sort unless it's not updated to reflect this point that this matter is now resolved. Under weaknesses, it still points out uh, that the matter of the loan is still outstanding in terms of uh, conversion. Um, So this is important for the committee so that if if the
1: matter is still pending between uh, the TIC we should be able to know that that's
0: the case. And uh, taking the opportunity that the minister is also present would be able to give a sense of how that matter uh, would have been resolved, uh, which has been part of the recommendations the committee would have made uh, uh, over time. <clears throat> so it's important to clarify the committee so that we, we know uh, where things uh, stand. And if therefore there's a need to uh, update that, you are able to do so. Because if the matter is now resolved, uh, necessarily it presents an opportunity for you to go to the market than it being uh, a weakness. So if, if you can clarify that. The, the, the part on USASA, uh, Yusuf, I think uh, would have asked this question in the morning, but uh, I would still want to get back to it. Um, the point about the timelines that we put in relation to the switch-off. If we can just, uh, uh, Minister, I'm sure you'd also want to come back on this because at some point you also raised this thing yourself, that sometimes we make pronouncements and and when engaging with industry, find that they were not ready at a particular time and that's why you have continued to engage. That we read from articles that uh, uh different publications uh, that there may be problem with uh, chips and and other ICT equipment uh, including for mobile uh, uh, phones and so on uh, just to check whether that risk uh, in terms of reaching the timelines would have been factored in, in the in the planning uh, because if that article is anything to go by, it talks about uh, South Africa being at that shortage and, and some international people commenting, uh, giving an indication that you may have uh, this better uh, by mid-2022 uh, when our target is actually on uh, the 31st of March, uh, 20 to, to know this. But uh, building on this also it's about Yes, there may be a focus in terms of voucher system and so on to the subsidized market, Uh, but there's also the unsubsidized uh, market, which if there is this possibility of uh, scarcity of what is required, whether there would be also enough suppliers for such a a, a market, um, and, and that will not have a problem that there may not be suppliers uh, in that regard. I think we do need uh, some indication uh, that allay our our fears on that. Um, And and I'm sure you'll agree with me that uh, the timelines have been moving, uh, like in the introduction of, uh, introductory remarks of the minister, that necessarily the BDM has been a project from 2008. And we are now in a, situation where we want to really see a uh, real change turning the corner, hence uh, those timelines. So, so I'm just saying when you respond, if you can respond comprehensively so that we know where things stand. And the last point really is on uh, regular expenditure and so on, and I would say generally matters that relates to the auditor general. One is just worried about the targets that you are giving. Uh, reducing by twenty percent or reduced to twenty percent. I think the point really is is that you you we seek to eradicate that uh, completely. But, but once you plan to go on a lower target, it does leave an impression that there is no effort that would be put. You are accepting in advance that would not be able to deal with this situation. And the problem is that the country is committed in changing the tide in terms of how it is perceived, especially on matters of corruption and and so on. Um, So maybe you'll want to also explain uh, that aspect because for me, it's informed by an understanding that the annual reports that we dealt with were uh, 2019, 2020. And something could have happened uh, in the 2020 to 2020, uh, 2021 uh, in trying to address uh, such challenges. So, if we still, as we plan for 2021, 2022, uh, we still accommodate uh, that. Look, please take note that I may not be able to get rid of uh, irregular and wasteful expenditure, uh, but accept that I may minimize uh, the impact. So, so, so that, Clarify uh, that point. Maybe the other point relates again to, to finances because when you, when you say you pay 100% uh, of valid invoices when you look at the 30 days and you link that uh, in the presentation made by the CEO, uh, is, is that it, it will be on the basis of the work that's delivered. Uh, it may also be important to again uh, allay the fears of the committee, having not seen 2020 uh, 2021 uh, financially, uh, because it's still something that's uh, coming uh, given the COVID and so on. But just to know at, at least giving
1: comfort. Secondly, it, it also have to uh,
0: come back and say, I, I should have not paid uh, uh, this one. Yes, I was trying to frustrate the program, uh, just to avoid what has happened in the past uh, about people going to courts and, and so on. So if you can also speak to that so that we have a better understanding of uh, the system of service delivered, because it may have been delivered, but only to find the processes were not correct. And therefore it will still come back as flagged. Um, so if you can just clarify, I'm sure you, you do get the points I'm making as you are responding to all the questions raised by by members. Uh, I'm not sure how uh, you want to approach it, uh, Honourable Minister, uh, whether you would want to start or allow the entities to uh, respond and, and probably in your response be able to also intervene uh, through your response on gaps that may have been left, but we are really in your hands in terms of how you would want to approach the responses
1: to the questions. Another minister.
4: Thank you so much, Uh, uh Probably let me start with the last question that you are asking. Of course, looking at the situation that we we'll find ourselves in, uh, in terms of being caught in between the trade wars of the big giants. Um, that dominate the tech industry, your East and West. This is a matter that does not affect South Africa only, but even other companies that are, I mean, other, other countries that are relying on the big two uh, countries that we're talking about, origins that we're talking about. Of course, uh, as you will recall that we had previously mentioned to the Portfolio Committee that we are having engagements with the industry in order to ascertain if indeed the capabilities are there within the industry. One of the things that we needed to look at practically so was to look at the impact that the lockdown had had and therefore engagements, hence I spoke of us uh, establishing a committee that must look at at the challenges that may be experienced by the participating uh, entities in terms of ensuring that if there's anything that gets to be stuck that requires DTI to intervene, we bring DTI on board, Where well, we need SARS, we need everybody in order to fast track, because now this is a critical project. And, and I think it was another local who made reference to the fact that these are now finding expression in the economic recovery plan, which means government is really paying attention to say this project has to be a success. Of course, as we engage with the industry, both the broadcasters are, and the manufacturers, they we got we did get um, an indication that there is a sizable number that is available uh, that would really take us somewhere. Whilst we continue to to not to only observe but to engage the counterparts in terms of saying, uh, is it really is it possible that we can get those? I know within the two major countries, as you are talking about this issue of the trade wars, the two major countries uh, that are fighting. Um, as we engaged with the industry and, and, and the National Security Council, because we, we then requested the Minister for International Relations to, to engage on behalf of South Africa as a tech-neutral um, country in South Africa to say, please state our position. And therefore, they had indicated that they have the chips available. Uh, the East indicated that they have a sizable number and of course the west as they get to tell us that you, you can you can't uh if you go with this this is what's going to happen but we are still fighting for the fact that um south africa is a sovereign country and it shouldn't be dictated uh by any of any other country in terms of who must it trade with but as i'm saying in the engagements that other departments has had with the industry we've been given comfort to say yes they are there. Of course, as we are looking at uh, the set-top boxes, if you recall, I did brief the portfolio committee last year and that cabinet had approved a hybrid model, which means in the areas where we do not have set-top boxes, we will then complement with the IDTVs, as, as, as I mentioned earlier. Um, the, the only challenge um, on, the, on, the, on the STBs are those that um, will be imported. But as I'm saying, we continue to engage uh, the different areas uh, and 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 as we had relaxed also the standards, it also works to our advantage to to, to see if we can meet them halfway. Uh, the other question, Chaperson, that was then asked was the issue of um, of 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 oh, oh, on the on the loan conversion. Are you correctly put it that the slide that is there was is not updated? Uh, that the loan has been converted, Chaperson. Uh, Uh, We are now as the department a 76% shareholder uh, of BBI and IGC is a 24% shareholder. So it's done now, which means that 100 million is what now goes to the the balance or the books of BBI as what they have in terms of equity. The vacancies uh, that have been there, um, yes, we did put a, a moratorium uh, especially on the agencies uh, that are going to be to be matched this we do because already colleagues as you have had that the state is, is is really bleeding in terms of the personnel that we have and taking into consideration that when we bring two agencies together two or three it means there's going to be cu- duplication of, of certain certain positions which is why we then say, then if you fill the vacancies, the critical vacancies that you can't do away with, make sure that they are on a fixed term. A critical question was asked in terms of how do you think um, this, when do we think this will be resolved in terms of the finalization of the processes? Of course, uh, with the BBI and Centech, uh, the business cases at advanced stages and, and, and uh, on, the, on, the, on the Digital Development Challenge Fund, which is where USASA and, and you are going to, the department is fast-tracking that. I know that we had put timelines timeline that uh, by Thursday, at least we should get something. And, and we will, as and when we interact with it. Because unfortunately, this is not only an internal process. We've got to interact with Treasurer, we've got to interact with state law advisors and all other people. But we had from last week given ourselves up to Thursday to say the team must come on board, share with us so that we can see how far we can go. One of the proposals from the state um, lawyers was the fact that we already have um, the existing agencies, as I said, therefore we can make amendments in terms of between the two companies uh, to say we are amending this legislation to incorporate these functions. But as I said, these are matters that have to be explored and checked on everything, all aspects legally and, and in terms of the economic impact that they will have. So for, up for now, on members, as uh, the APPs are, not, are putting the timelines, we are trying to make sure that we will not um, miss the, the targets. In terms of the user's, uh, interim board duration, uh, we do not have a, a duration for it for now, simply because as I had said, the approval by cabinet was for 24 months so they are coming into filling until january uh, when once that process is finalized and we are taking into consideration that we're talking about this agency that we are saying it's going to cease to exist because we are establishing the digital uh, um, digital the digital development uh, challenge fund and therefore you cannot therefore appoint the board as per the, the existing act to say that it's a three-year board because once the process is finalized of of, of the rationalization or the establishment of the DGCF, then it means a new board kicks in of which we are looking at the governance uh, methods of that that agency, if it will require a board or not. So these are processes that we cannot say it's three years or whatever, but we are doing it as cabinet had approved up to January next year. Um, the, The vacancies, again, going back to them, we had said, for example, on the critical projects, USASA had to make sure that they fill in those critical vacancies in terms of appointing a PMO, specifically looking at the critical projects that need to, to, to be implemented urgently. And of course, BBI also looking at SA Connect, uh, as we talk about funding and LECOF rather, uh, with the infrastructure uh, fund through the presidency is mobilizing funds, Hence, we made submissions to National Treasury and we continue to engage uh, the investors to come and invest in, 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 in the infrastructure fund. Uh, another question that seeks to get clarity: if we are considering uh, private equity uh, into the state-owned infrastructure company, not yet. One of the critical things, in my remarks, I didn't make mention of the fact that. What we had committed to do as, go- as government, as much as we are appreciating the challenges that we are faced with, both of capital and, and the capacity issues. But we are also like looking at ensuring that we build a capable state, an entrepreneurial one. So even in those areas that we identify a need, we will then look, look at what what is the cost to the state, what is the capability of the agency? and therefore, if we have to take a particular decision along those lines, then we see both, as I made mention, already you have IDC that is on board uh, at BBI. So uh, we have not thought about bringing uh, other external parties for now. We will, of course, uh, praise our Parliament if um, the shareholder decides otherwise. A uh, chairperson, allow me to pause here and say I will hand over to, to the respective chairs or CEOs. And, and as I was making reference to that, that you spoke about the impact of the trade wars on the chips with its cell phones, uh, I did mention that we, we have established a team that is chaired by the Minister of Communications. Uh, it comprises of other ministers, DTI State Security, uh, DERCO, and now the matter has been elevated to the National Security Council that has been chaired by the President Hence, that that I spoke about of, of of getting Minister of International Relations to engage their counterparts. The industry is on board and we are working with the industry to say South Africans shouldn't be deprived of an opportunity. So, so far there's nothing that has really made an impact. We continue to engage with the two countries and their companies. Thank, thank you,
1: Chair. I would bring it back.
0: Thank you, Minister. We can then proceed on the basis of uh, how you presented, starting with PPI, and then we'll have Yusasa assess yourself at that.
5: Um, thank you, Chair. Uh, on uh, some of the questions, I will be assisted by the the CFO. Um, the the first question that uh, one of some of the questions that the minister has already answered i will not touch on them uh, minister thank you for uh, the insight um, and detail that you provided uh, on all our behalf um the there was a question that was raised repeatedly regarding the uh, the 100 million um funding requirement that uh, we referred to in our funding plan. Um, And uh, that 100 million is not uh, directly, is not related to the shareholder loan conversion. Uh, Let me make that clear. So uh, we have uh, compiled a capital investment plan to say due to the backlog, historical backlog, in investment we need uh, this is what BBI needs to invest um, in order to catch up uh, and uh, have its network uh, being able to meet the requirements of our existing customers uh, as well as the market Um, and uh, um, that uh, uh, CAPEX plan uh, is about uh, uh, it, it's um, in the re- region of 700 million. Um, and uh, out of that f- 700 million, the the plan uh, for the current financial year is uh, 462. That uh, was on uh, the slide that uh, Honorable Mbele referred to. Uh, now, in that package, um, we were saying that uh, uh, because we have historically diverted money uh, that was meant for operations into doing small cumulative investments uh, in our network, uh, capital investments. Um, in order to ensure the continued sustainability of the company, uh we actually need to claw back about uh 100 million uh out of the 400 million plus uh that we have uh, invested in the uh network in the last 5 years uh, so that that is where the the 100 million comes from uh it is intended for uh capital investment uh in the network um then the other question was uh, the the balance of it uh, where we refer to debt funding um where will it be sourced from so on on that issue um the ministry has expressed a a view to say that uh, the uh, the current board is exiting um Well, some members of the board are certainly exiting as they have already served the maximum allowable terms, uh, that there will be a new board uh, and that we are uh, going into a merger with CENTEC. And uh, therefore, the view is uh, um, BBI has to be very careful uh, in terms of uh, uh, acquiring debt before the merger. Uh, So the proposed process is that uh, let the new board come on board uh, and then uh, we can then take the debt requirements of BBI uh, in uh, further engagements uh, with the ministry to say um, if we are to catch up in terms of capital investment in our network, uh, some form of debt is, uh, is unavoidable. Uh, but uh, we will finalise that uh, with the ministry once uh, uh, the new board uh, has been appointed, and uh, the the idea is uh, uh, to engage uh, the likes of the DBSA uh, and uh, the IDC, uh, um, the IDC as a bank, not as a shareholder in BBI. So that that is uh, in terms of the advice that we got from the ministries concentrate on those uh, and then let that be uh, an approach that gets approved by the new board uh, as soon as the new board uh, has been constituted um, by the ministry um the i think the minister has already re- reflected on the issue of uh, um, vacant positions uh, as well as uh, private equity holders Um, i think oh then lastly yes the we acknowledge that the swot analysis that is in the presentation has now been overtaken by developments around the shareholder loan conversion Uh, but we did not want to put uh, in the presentation a SWOT analysis that is different to the one that has been, uh, that is in the corporate plan. And uh, we just need to um, emphasize that the corporate plan was completed and submitted before the end of March. Uh, so the, um, that's why the SWOT analysis that was uh, in the presentation uh, now with the developments that have happened Uh, in the last six to seven weeks is now outdated. And uh, we will certainly um, update it as part of the process of finalizing the uh, corporate plan uh, and the APP that is being shared with you. Um, CFO, if there's anything that I've missed, um, I think you can assist. I think uh, according to my notes uh, and uh, experts, excluding those issues that have already been uh, answered by the Minister. uh, It seems to be it, but uh, you can assist if I
7: miss something. See, I think there was just one other point that Honorable Mandelli raised um, around irregular expenditure that maybe I should just um, touch on quickly. Obviously, it's it's all of our prerogative to reduce and eradicate irregular expenditure. But with the with the current minefield that we that we operate in, um, it's a- almost inevitable that we will incur irregular expenditure from time to time. I think it's imperative that we that we ensure that that irregular expenditure um um is not uh, connected to fraud and corruption. Um and in our case, I mean part of our cleanup, we are continuously identifying small contracts that didn't comply fully to um, National Treasury instructions um, specifically regarding cost containment and expansion, um, and and we are continuously you know bringing new irregular expenditure. Those small, uh, you're talking hundred thousand rand or two hundred thousand rand, um, where we still received um, value for money because it's like courier services. Um, um, but as an example. Um, but we uh, obviously we we're trying to clean up the environments to such an extent and improve on the processes so that we do not incur any new irregular expenditure and the irregular expenditure that we do have we are um, in the process of requesting condemnation from national treasury through the normal processes we implemented fully the new um, irregular expenditure framework with a loss control um steering committee um reporting to the board so we in full compliance with that to ensure that we, we comply to, to regulations
1: in that regard. Just sort of mention that. Um, thank you, Chair. Yes,
8: Yusasa, Yusuf, yes, uh, responses. Uh, thank you, Chair. Um, there is a question around the vacant positions and the timeframes thereof. The vacant the vacant positions um, we have advertised for the CEO position, that includes the CFO positions as well. Um, and those uh, closed uh, last week, uh, actually um, last week already. So that then then means that the process of shortlisting would be underway. So I um, want to give confidence that we are working into closing that gap as soon as possible. Um, when it comes to the supply chain, if you would remember, we had previously reported that uh, Mr. Neiman, uh, Frick was left with zero capacity um, in the supply chain as a whole. So he was the supply chain and the CFO. And since uh, the establishment of the board, um, the appointment of the acting CEO, we have, uh, the department has seconded uh, a senior manager's uh, supply chain. We have uh, employed on a temporary basis two uh, people, a uh, contract uh, management from an SCM point of view and an SCM uh, specialist uh, to then just help Frick fill the gaps. We've also then uh, seconded two people internally from operations, some of the m- administrators in the provinces, the provinces like Gaudeng, like the Western Cape, which do not have projects dedicated to them starting immediately. We have seconded them to, the, uh, to SCM to facilitate and help uh, with regards to the administrative components um, that the, the positions would demand. And that really was so that the, the, the SCM and the, uh, the appointed contractors would then focus on the work because it was from October last year up until April that we had these uh, people, so the agencies uh, functions with zero capacity, and now with this capacity that's been brought on board, we are we have uh, established some kind of um, stability in terms of capacitating and also channeling uh, and being able to capacitate in terms of what the agency needs to do. There's a lot of administrative work from an SCM point of view that needs to work, and that can only be done with the capacity from SCM. And that's why that was key, and the ministry and uh, DCDT has really, really helped in terms of giving us that. Uh, We've had a very strong lead in that, and that we are thankful for, because then that helps
1: stabilize.
8: And then on the framework, um, uh, Honorable Mbele asked on the framework, how does this work? So from a basic PM role um, point of view, USASA becomes the sponsor or is the sponsor of the project. DCDT then fills the role of a shareholder and uh, Centec then becomes the project manager. And and then I must emphasize that the project management um, uh, capacity or capability that we've employed from Centec only focuses on the depletion of stock, which is the phase one of BDM. It does not roll over to the phase two because then there is no installation and that model really does not work. SAPO then becomes the delivery arm and the distribution arm because the set of boxes excuse me, the set of boxes now sit, still sit at SAPO warehouses. And the aim is really to deplete that stock in order to free the money that we are currently paying to SAPO for warehousing. Um, so that is the framework. I hope um, on, on Bella was able to to, to handle this. So when it comes to the, the liability and responsibility, USASA then becomes responsible for the project So all the questions really on the project um, when it comes to the delivery of the project comes to USASA, but the implementation um, of the project, because it is a shared uh, KPA or APD, as I said, uh, for the first time, then that becomes the delivery uh, arm, then sits with CENTEC, but we take on the responsibility as the project sponsor and the owners of the project because that responsibility has not been abdicated from uh, USASA. And then uh, Comrade Kubeka then asked the question about the depletion of stock. Yes, I have highlighted some milestones that we've reached in terms of opening up the project uh, of the provinces, but the, the run rate becomes, is still an issue that we are tackling on day to day with CENTEC as our PMO. Um, They also do the QA. They also do the call center component. So that component still um, is being looked at on a daily basis, really by a steering committee that has all the three entities, the shareholder, the the project manager, and the sponsor, sitting on, on a weekly basis to assess the delivery model. So that is still a concern to us in terms of will we be able to achieve um, the 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 delivery of the program by the time stipulated. Um, so that's why those 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 in, those those structures have been built to monitor and deliver. We also have a team on the ground. Plus, we also have I've mentioned that we employed uh, district coordinators to help facilitate project manage on the ground. Um, also, they they are they are there. The thirty days payment and the. Sorry, lesson. sorry, uh,
0: uh, Madam Mantis, uh, I just wanted to check. I see the minister's hand up. I'm oh. not sure if uh, Minister, you wanted to make an intervention now, or you were just raising it to be noted, or it's uh, probably
1: to, to be noted.
0: So. Thank you. Okay, no, you are noted, Minister. Sorry for that. Uh, you can then proceed, Madam.
8: Okay, thank you. Thank you, Chair. Um, and then on the 30 days irregular expenditure, uh, this is something that we're talking, yes, it is low. It is in line with what ministers' um, KPAs or PA uh, dictates. So what we are doing is incrementally increase it over the months uh, to cover into or of achieve... Full complement of the 20%. I think Minister's um, uh, target talks to the 20%. So that's why we incrementally increase it. And it is, I need to note that it is the first time that the agency embarks on really eradicating uh, irregular expenditure. And uh, the, the work that the in foreign uh, the forensic investigation will, investigator will do will really assist the agency in eradicating this. We also have put controls that I've spoken to that the assurance providers are now fully on board working with each division to ensure that no gaps are left from an irregular, fruitful, fruitless and wasteful expenditure point of view. Um, so that that is what we're doing. So we are not... Um, taking a, a slow pace. However, we are pacing it in line with what we know the agency can do, knowing very well that there is a forensic investigator maybe aimed at starting or concluding the work soon or starting the work soon. And that has uh, is that is in currently in the SDM process to be finalized. So that is underway and that uh, will be able to then uh, give us a sense of what Gaps can be closed over and above with what the assurance providers at risk. So, an internal audits are currently working with with each division in the in the in the organisation. Um, the timelines for uh, a switch off. I think Minister has spoken to that. The structure of chips. Minister has spoken to that. Uh, I've spoken to the regular, I think I've covered all the questions that were posed. Uh, to you,
1: Sasa. Thank you,
0: chairperson.
1: Thank you. Uh, Minister, you can I proceed. Thank you, Cheperson. I just wanted
4: to correct something. Earlier on, when I spoke to the shareholding uh, at, at BBI, I said the state has 76%, whilst we have 74%. And then IEDC has 26%. Chairperson, just to get into the last point that the Action CEO of USASA spoke about uh, when she was responding to the issues in terms of the instability, the unavailability of the SCM staff at USASA, which impacts negatively on the project that we are talking about in terms of fast tracking, which is why we had to make the intervention that we made as the department of providing the the, the people that we have seconded that, whilst they are concluding their processes of recruitment. To listen, as we have been reporting USASA for a number of years, as as I said earlier on, this project has been really dragging and it it has been bordering on lots of issues on governance matters, including its weaknesses on, 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 on contract management. Because whether you're going to talk from procurement processes that were later challenged and set aside by the courts, whether you talk on the last acquisition, the delivery or non-delivery thereof and installations, all those point to the lack of capability within USASA. This is why now we made it clear that USASA, if you are to deliver according to the timeframes that we have set and committed to the nation, you've got to make sure that, you bring external people because as I said, the, the, they come, they act, they leave, they come, they're appointed, they leave. But it tells you that the, prog- the problem is not just at a higher level because the, the suspensions that they're talking about in terms of the allegations that are there Uh, in relation to the same project that we're talking about. And in most cases, we've been looking at boards and the executives. And now what what the investigation is going to prove, we are hoping that it's going to get to the root cause of why has this project delayed so much? Yes, we see the interest and all those things, but all of this, they point to supply chain processes that are weak and thus talks to the capability, even if we would have, the warm bodies, if, even if they were not suspended or whatever, even if they were there, the fact that for all these years we're going through that process whilst we have these people that are there, it tells that there was a need for intervention to bring external people. We are hopeful that USASA will we, 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 we'll really try to fast track, of course, without missing any step in terms of the law, in terms of compliance, as, 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 as they, they seek to, to resolve the matter, because it will help clarify certain things and of course it will help deal with this perception that the digital migration process is just a process that is there for Stella to child. Uh Stella is not chau. Maneli must come in chau because of the nature of it, the nature in terms of the procurement that is there. Now if we get reports, honorable members, that as government we have paid certain monies, Whilst there's no proof that the, the, the devices were delivered, it means we've got to take action. And when we take action, unfortunately, it would lead to us saying it, certain people or certain companies, if they are found to 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 to, to indeed to have uh, 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 committed the offense. They'll have to be blacklisted, and this is something unfortunately we may be unpopular for. But we've got to protect government's investment. It is high time that we instill the ethics both from government employees, but also to the industry that 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 that, that, that we work that we work with in relation to 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 the ecosystem
1: of this project that we're talking about. I just wanted to highlight this. Thank take so much. Thank you, Honourable Minister, uh, with the additions you've made. May I just
0: check, Honourable Members, if they asked further questions uh, or follow ups on the questions that would have been asked earlier? Uh, you, you'd lower your hand, Minister. I thought there was another member like trying to, to raise a hand again. Uh, may I just take a uh, If I do not see uh, the hands on my nope. side, if you are seeing any,
10: nothing. Not. On my uh, I, I. I think they have covered all the questions that we have asked. We are appreciating indeed. Uh, we are safely to say. We are happy also on the side of, 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 of the committee as it managed to send us uh, 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 by just tracking uh, those resolutions. So I think we will just go uh, uh, as, as, as a team as we moving forward, just to see how best uh, 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 finally all these entities can uh, uh, achieve what they have put uh, in the APP's
0: chair. Thanks. Thanks, uh, Honorable Kubeka. I take it that Honorable Members that takes us to much closure and I would want you, Honorable Minister and the entities to live with this thing that indeed the committee is supportive of all actions that get taken to ensure that at the end there's delivery. And we know that in that road you would have to make uh, or take uh, decisive actions, uh, especially in cleaning up uh, entities um, and and restoring the confidence that South Africans must have on state-owned entities. Um, <clears throat> and indeed with that, uh, you may be trembling on, on toes and so on, but just take this uh, with you that the committee would be fully behind that we agreed that we do not want to be counted as part of the statistics, especially as it relates to uh, the digital migration uh, program uh, that would want to see ourselves turning the corner and deliver to South Africans as the president of the Republic would have committed uh, <clears throat> to the country uh, that things will change. Uh, So, we are with you there. Uh, And and I take it then that Honorable Members, uh, as part of our oversight role, will then continue to monitor the implementation uh, as we have uh, now been presented with these APPs and and budget proposals that have been forwarded. Uh, With that, uh, thanks, uh, this meeting, uh, is officially adjourned until we meet tomorrow. We seem to have a very tight program because of so many entities that we have. And I really appreciate that uh, you are also fit to wake up tomorrow, especially members, because without your presence, we'll be unable to continue with with the meeting. And maybe let me confirm then again that SAPO would be coming in tomorrow There's an indication from uh, HESA that uh, most of the matters would have been resolved. And and therefore, we can proceed from that uh, from tomorrow. Uh, Thanks, honorable members. Thanks, the uh, minister and and the entities. Uh, Until we meet again. Thank you. Thank you,
10: Chair. Chair. Long live the Chair. Long live.
1: Long live the Chair. Long live.
0: Thank you for People who are back
1: very late, <laughs> you hear them say, do <laughs> Okay, dear.